Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you've taken bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. Are you worried about the long days of summer? If so, hang on tight because in this Mindful Mama podcast episode, I have six tips for you to get through some of those days. Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you are thriving, when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindfulness Mama Mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate self-awareness in their daily lives and take family and life to a new level of awakening. I've been practicing yoga and mindfulness for over 20 years, and I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the mom of two girls, ages 7 and 10. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad you're here today. This is a solo podcast, just me and you, and we get to connect and talk about summer. Um, I'm interested to dive into this topic because my thinking has changed and shifted and evolved over the years, and I'm excited to share some of that with you. If you're listening to this exactly when it comes out, which means the week of May, right before Mother's Day in 2017, my uh, Mother's Day retreat this Saturday is almost sold out. We have three spots left. So if one of those is yours, go to hunteryoga.com slash Mother's Day without the apostrophe. And you can grab one of those last spots because this will sell out. So grab it now. Um, And I just... I have a really exciting announcement for you that I'm I'm really excited about. So the the mindful parenting course is really the work of my heart, right? This is where we bring together 
mindfulness and skillful communication, these serve two superpowers, right, that we really need. Um, because without them, mindfulness for our stress response, all of those parenting skillful communication skills you may learn are really moot because our stress response kicks in. Anyway, so mindful parenting is this eight-week course that brings together all of that. And it's eight-week eight weeks when I teach it in person. I also teach it online, but I'm, the exciting news that I'm getting around to here is that um, I will be starting a mindful parenting teacher training. So this is for people who are interested in teaching mindful parenting in your own area. So this is for you if you want to teach in-person classes. This is for you if you really want to learn the material so well, um, because teaching is really the best way to, to learn it. And so this is for people who have been through the mindful parenting course. It will start up in the fall, but if this is something, if you are a parent educator, and this is something that really appeals to you, we can get you into the mindful parenting course as a self-study over the summer for you to then jump into the teacher training. So if that's something that's interesting to you, interested to you, write to me at hunter at hunteryoga.com and we can get you going. So I'm so excited to train other people to teach the course and spread the word. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm just so thrilled that this is happening. So are you worried about the long days of summer? I have to tell you honestly that I really waver about this because some days my daughters go off together and they play together and they are involved in like an elaborate, beautiful play for hours and hours and it's really can be heavenly around here. It's great. And then some days they get up and somebody's grumpy and somebody didn't share and somebody won't play with me. And then it's like, oh, it's just like problem after problem. So I got, I really go back and forth. Like I really want to, um, I really go back and forth between wanting them to go get involved in something else and get out of my hair when they're driving me crazy. And then, um, and then, you know, on the other side of that, just enjoying the beauty of when they can play beautifully and freely together. So, you know, Sometimes, like in the past, when school has ended and we're getting towards the end of school, like my girls have a month left, uh, summer really starts to officially begin, even though today it seems so chilly around here, it's hard to imagine. But in, in the past, the summer, especially when my girls were really little, the summer really triggered a lot of anxiety for me. What would we do all day? That was a big question for me. And it, it's really this... Um, I'm sure it's the same feeling, this feeling of like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do all day? What am I going to do with my kids all day? I'm going to be bored out of my mind. They're going to drive me crazy. All these different th feelings that really lead so many of us to put our kids into camp after camp, activity after activity. And it really, sometimes we look at summer like downtime is an enemy to be conquered. <laughs> and now this is not necessarily so if you're working full-time and you're going to get your kids into camp after camp because you have childcare, That's absolutely what you need to do. But um, I guess I'm speaking to more when you have some time to um, give the kids some downtime, but you feel worried about actually giving them some downtime. You feel um, worried about the idea 
of of them hanging around the house. I guess this is where I'm speaking to a little bit more. And and the, so the, if you are working full time, this might be your weekends. Like, do you feel compelled to kind of get them into activity after activity? And there's a real uh, aversion <laughs> to feeling bored in our culture, right? This feeling of I'm bored is like, oh my gosh, how could that possibly happen? But think back. Honestly, think back to when you were a kid. Were you bored? <laughs> and you probably were, right? You probably had some bored times. And I'm wondering what happened when you were bored. You know, so there's a, a middle path here, right? Like sometimes kids are too bored and they get into bad stuff, right? You may have been one of those kids that were too bored and you got into some bad stuff. I mean, I know at least when I was in high school that I could have probably used a little bit more structured activity to keep me from getting into some bad stuff. But on the other end of the spectrum, we tend to fill up our free time like crazy, like boredom is this thing to be conquered. Boredom is this horrible thing to to experience. And I just want to insert the idea a little bit here that uh, boredom might be beneficial to your kids. What? Uh, so this is kind of setting us up a little bit for the six steps for six tips for helping you kind of get through the summer. But this is just a little preamble. I just want to let you know that boredom is okay for your kids. And actually boredom might be really good for your kids. Now, how, how is boredom good for your kids? Really boredom is what is the sort of the precursor to often to some creativity for kids. And uh, I encourage you to let your kids be bored and at a, maybe at a regular basis or, or see, let them have that downtime is really what I'm encouraging you to do. Let them have that downtime that they really, really need. They really need that free play downtime. And there are studies, play studies uh, that I think his name is Stuart Brown did that, shows that children who have had free unstructured play, meaning like pretend play, children who have more of that are happier, they do better in school. And in fact, on the opposite end of the spectrum, kids who don't have time for free play, free unstructured play um, can do terribly badly. In fact, he, this uh, doctor who did the play studies, he went into prisons and he found out that sociopaths who had murdered and things like that had actually been denied the chance to do free play. So this free play is really important, but really free play is a uh, more about the idea of free play is really embedded in the idea of slowing down, having time. And I'm wondering, you know, do you have time? Can you slow down? Can you show your kids how to slow down a little? Can we slow down? Gosh, we rush so much. And, uh, you know, I speak as someone who just got my kids on the bus. So I know what that feels like, but we have a culture that pushes us to go so fast and to squeeze so many things in. And what is it? Why? <laughs> why? What is this doing for us, right? When do we have a chance to rest? When do we have a chance to just be? When in your day do you do nothing? 
Do you just allow yourself to be and to rest? And I'm wondering this question because it's really this opposite of of doing is really what helps us to appreciate our activities so much more is when we can have time to rest and have downtime and have that essential de-stressing time that we need as parents and our kids need too. So when my girls were young, I worried about that downtime, about that empty time. And and now in my house, we're really not worried about hearing I'm bored anymore. And really the fact is, is that they don't, we don't hear I'm bored that often because my girls are used to having unstructured time to follow their imagination. You know, I'm not afraid of I'm bored now, but I really used to be. And my anxiety over my daughter's outbursts and her volatile emotions, they used to really, really make me worry about the long days of summer. And it was this worry about her feelings and dealing with her feelings. Uh, this It was a fear, right? And this fear led me to this habitual reaction, right? This sort of natural reaction of trying to kind of control things more. So I wanted to, because I was worried about her uh, outbursts and things like that, I, I wanted to shape and structure the day so that I could keep my anxiety at bay. And I really think that it's interesting. I look back at that time and I think, oh, did I did I suffer from the circumstances or did I suffer from it wanting to it to be otherwise, right? Do we suffer from the, our circumstances or do we suffer from wanting them to be otherwise? And the Buddha taught that most of our suffering is caused by grasping at things and in, in an impermanent world, right? So in an impermanent world means everything is a changing all the time. And we are trying to pin down this world and control it and make sense of it. Really, both the Buddha and it's also in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras that they teach that the path of freedom from suffering involves us letting go of our grasping, really us letting go of wanting things to be other than they are. And that is a huge lesson, right? That is such a huge lesson, letting go of wanting things to be other than they are, right? Accepting things as they are. But for me, that meant letting go of trying to change my daughter. And I think this is such a big thing for us as parents. Like, it's not our kids that need to be changed. Yeah, maybe they need some table manners, <laughs> Maybe they need to learn to sit at the table, right? We need to sort of uh, acculturate our little uh, Neanderthals or our little our little hunter-gatherer children, right? But for a lot of things, I realize that I can't control her. I couldn't really control her. I can't control her feelings and her emotions. No one can. You can't control your kids' feelings and emotions. You know, you can't, we don't really have total control of another person and and we don't want that, right? We don't want our kids to be puppets. For me, when I look at the idea of letting go 
of grasping, letting go of wanting things to be other than they are, for me in that time, it really meant letting go of trying to change my daughter. I, I realized that if I wanted to suffer less, <laughs> if I wanted to kind of reduce my suffering, my anxiety, my stress, the whole experience, I actually just needed to change myself. It wasn't about her. It was about me. And when I look at those that time and I look at her big feelings that caused so much suffering for me, it really was she was showing me the suffering that I was experiencing was a symptom, right? It was something that was showing me this is something I need to work on. The feelings, any feelings really of unhappiness and, and suffering you have around your kids are showing you work that you need to work on. It's not showing, you know, something that is wrong with your kids. It's showing us what we need to work on. For me, I needed to learn to be able to sit, be non-reactive with the feelings I had when she was upset. I had to learn that her upset feelings It was okay. I didn't have to fix it and change it. I just had to practice to be there. That's all I had to do was really practice to be there because I really wanted her to know that there's nothing wrong with having strong emotions. And the only way to do that is to show her with my presence, to be there as calm as I can be, being the change for her. So if I wanted some change to happen, I had to become the change I want to see in the world, like Gandhi says, right? That's my favorite quote for so many reasons. We have to, as parents, become the change that we want to see. How can we expect our kids to to calm themselves down and take care of their feelings when, as parents, we yell at them for being upset? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Like, we're modeling the exact opposite of what we want them to do. I wanted to be there, be there as calm as I could be, being that change. So I really had to practice staying and focusing on my breath. And I, it, it wasn't, it's not easy for me. It takes a lot of grounding and it takes a lot of mindful self-care and really takes me making that self-care, that grounding, that mindfulness practice a huge priority in my life. You know, but the truth is like when, when we have, Like if I have a strong feeling, right, I can't just push down these things or ignore these things. You know, I can't (laughs) have a glass of wine and watch Mad Men every time there is, every single time there's difficult stuff, right? The only way out is through. And so how do we go through? So really... You know, this is about summer, right? This is a podcast about summer. This is a podcast about getting, allowing ourselves to get through the summer, get through those days, those longer days when, you know, that anxiety creeps up. We want to fill it with stuff. We want to, what are we going to do with our kids? How are we going to deal with them? How are we going to deal with their boredom and things like that? And really this work, this this podcast is not about making your own Play-Doh and and getting and what games to do and things like that, which are all wonderful things to do. Those are great things to do. Sure, look at those. But I want you to do the deeper work of 
letting go a little bit more, of letting go of your grasping to making things a certain way. So how do we go through those feelings of anxiety and discomfort uh, over the long days? How do we go through those feelings? How do we sit through the uncomfortable parts of summer, right? The parts that aren't structured and, and open a little bit more. How do we open ourselves to openness? <laughs> All right, so now we come to our six tips. Now we come to them, my friend. So these are practices to go through, to not push down or stuff around or ignore or go or or uh, make yourself so busy that you don't feel your feelings right. I actually want the po- purpose of this is the purpose of, of this is to help us be here, help us be here for our lives, for our kids, to not just fill it up with so much stuff that we're so busy we can't even remember what we did, right? How can we be here for each moment? Thich Nhat Hanh says, the only, when you love someone, you show them you love them by your presence, right? How can you love someone if you are not there? And if we are constantly busy and constantly filling up every nook and cranny of our day, you're not there. You're just getting to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So I want you to be able to be there, be here. And these are the six tips for that. One, daily self-care practice. Wake up just 10 minutes earlier to do just five minutes of yoga with conscious breathing. Do three minutes of meditation. You can do this. You can. Set an intention for yourself and bow to yourself. Take these few minutes. They can make all the difference in the world to set an intention for how you want to feel that day. You can go to hunteryoga.com slash free resources or it's under free or whatever on my website. And you can use those guided meditations. Dedicate a small amount of time to your each day to your daily self-care practice. Make nurturing yourself a number one priority in your life so that you can be there for your life, right? Number two, practice mindfulness for the big game. (laughs) And so we need to practice consciously paying attention, right? Observing ourselves, observing our children in everyday life so we can build that muscle for when we need it most. So the idea is it takes some effort and it takes some regular practice. And I say the big game because there's a wonderful analogy, right? Like you're not going to take your child to the Little League World Series when they've never had a practice and say, go play and win the game, <laughs> right? And the same is true for trying to stay calm and non-reactive. Like when you're in your equivalent of the big game, right, which is your kid's temper tantrum or your kid's boredom or your kid's sad, upset feelings, whatever that is, like you are not going to be able to handle it if you never practice. So practice, you know, non-judgmental, curious attention to your breath. Practice mindfulness for the big game. And then number three is pause in a crisis. This is the big game, right? The tantrum, the whining, etc. When this happens, when you feel the adrenaline flooding through you because you've been triggered, practice pausing, 
Say hello to your anger, your frustration, etc. Observe your child. Observe that you are triggered. Use the space of the pause to respond more thoughtfully, or if you can muster it, walk away and for some space, right? Sit and breathe with the uncomfortable feelings. This will is really a wonderful thing to do because it will help you start to grow and change your old reactions. And there's a wonderful saying about this, no mud, no lotus. The lotus flower needs to take root in the mud in the bottom of the pond to be able to get all the nutrients it needs to grow into a beautiful flower. Pause in that crisis. And so this is such a big thing. I actually have a whole course around it. There's a new course I've developed called the Stop Yelling Formula, and you can find that on Work With Me if you're interested. Number four, let go a little more. If you are doing a lot of scheduling because of anxiety, practice letting go a little more. Have a lazy day. Let the kids build a fort and practice yoga outside. Notice if you have resistance. Try, you can try this little slogan, breathing in, I am breathing out here to bring yourself into the present moment. I think that this is the thing that so many of us parents suffer from most is trying to control everything too much and letting go a little bit more is just a way of letting ourselves relax into this moment, letting ourselves accept things as I, as they are. And especially with our kids, we often try to control so much. Do we really need to always be the teacher for our kids? Can we just be there with our kids, let them be as they are? And really, when we think about our kids, that's what they want more than anything is for us to have unconditional love and acceptance of them, right? And if we can let go a little bit more, let go of control of the small stuff, let go of, you know, some worry and anxiety over the little things, then we can relax into this moment and be with and enjoy our kids for exactly who they are. And that's really what they want. And then my final tip for getting through the summer, and if you're worried about these long days of the summer, is to acknowledge all the good stuff. So where you put your attention, whatever you put your attention on, it grows. So grow the good stuff. And really it grows in that the more you put your attention on it, the easier it is for you to put your attention on, the more you see the beauty in your world, right? So acknowledging the good stuff means saying thank you when your children do something nice, Acknowledge and thank them when they're playing well together, when they're using kind words, right? Whatever you want to grow, acknowledge that good stuff. Thank the universe for all the great stuff in your life every night in a gratitude journal, and then it will only grow. So acknowledge what's going well. Acknowledge that we can breathe in and breathe out. Acknowledge that we have safety and security and prosperity give gratitude for all of these things in your life so that you can just relax. And when, as we start to give gratitude and appreciate all the good things in our lives, it's also a message to that worrying part of the brain to just relax. It's okay. Things are good. Like we don't always have to be on alert for threats and, and change things. You know, we can just relax and enjoy exactly where we are. 
And to be able to do that, we have to practice it because we're, we're human beings who evolved to be looking for threats and looking for what's wrong. And we have strong, critical minds, and that's all totally normal. But we can train ourselves to relax and acknowledge what's good. And it does take practice. So practice that. Practice acknowledging what's good. A great way to do this um, with your children is what this is. I, I've been practicing this with my girls at night is ask them to name three things they're grateful for from the day uh, as they go to bed at night. And it changes their whole perspective on the evening. It changes their whole outlook. They can go to sleep trusting and, and feeling grateful. And, and you can do that too. So you've got to live it, right? You've got to live what, you're, what you want your kids to learn. Practice, practice relaxing, practice letting go, practice acknowledging the good stuff, okay? So these are my five tips. The five tips, go back through them, are that your daily self-care practice. Number two, practicing mindfulness for the big game. You know, have a conscious, dedicated time to practice. Pause in a crisis. Oh, this is a lifelong practice. You can do it. Number four, let go a little bit more. Let go. You don't have to always make your kids happy. You don't have to always solve their problems. You know, let go. uh, Have a lazy day. Let go of some of the things on your to-do list. And finally, acknowledging all the good stuff. So mamas, let's give ourselves and our children some time this summer. Let's give them time to be free and maybe a little bored, right? Give yourself time to be lazy. Go ahead and be perfectly imperfect. Don't get everything on your to-do list done. And celebrate that. Like you don't have to be in a constant state of achievement. And give yourself time for that self-care, time for yoga to nourish your body and soul, time for that mindfulness. So I want to hear from you, right? How, do you do you worry about the long days of summer? How have you dealt with it in ways that have worked? So as we, we enter into this time, I'm wishing you lovely, peaceful days ahead that you are really able to fully enjoy. So this was... a an episode about the summer. I hope you enjoyed it, my friend. If you enjoyed it, I really would appreciate if you would go over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. It makes a big difference. It helps more people find the podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. I really appreciate your ears. I really like connecting with you this way. If you like connecting with me this way, let me know. Leave that rating, leave that review. And um, if you benefit, I would love to know. Let me know. You can always email me at hunter at hunteryoga.com. Coming up in this universe around here, I am going to be enrolling my Mindful Mama Transformation Group Coaching Programs. I'm gonna, it's so exciting. I'm going to have two programs this time. One will meet at Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It's 9 a.m. Pacific. And then the other one will meet at 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 5 p.m. Pacific. And these are six-month group coaching programs, and these are for moms who are really dedicated to transformation. And you might be ready to just walk the walk, to 
<clears throat> stop settling for less in your life and to start thriving and to have incredible relationships with your family. And it's this is like, I really feel like this is a really such a powerful way to do it with this group of mamas. You can give support, you can get support. It's really amazing what can happen um, and the transformations that can occur. So if you're at all curious about that and you want to see what some real moms who have been through this group coaching program have to say about it, you can go over to hunteryoga.com slash group coaching and it's there or it's so you can find it there through work with me um and and it's really powerful but anyway we're going to be enrolling soon we're going to be starting up maybe this week and uh early bird will probably end on the 18th of may 2017 and uh we'll probably close enrollment entirely at the end of this month 2017 so if you're interested there's an application form that you can fill out because i don't accept everybody um and uh but i'm i want to have the right perfect group for you to create an incredible transformation so go ahead and fill out the application form. That's what's coming up around here. And as I said, there's three spots left in the in the retreat. So excited for that this Saturday. Can't wait to connect in person. It's this beautiful place. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And um, what else? I want to thank my husband, Bill, for the music. Thank you, William Fields, for the music. You can find his music at williamfields.com. He's doing this cool visual art work. I'm so excited about it. And thank you, my friend. Thank you and have a beautiful week. I really wish you um, peace. I wish you relaxation. I, I wish you some letting go in your week. Take care. Namaste. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.